You know, I've discovered that there are certain things that you don't know that you have until you get it. You don't know that you really need it until you have it. And after you have it, you're like, how was I living without it? Do you remember the internet? (laughs) Al Gore's internet? It's now on our phones, right? Do you know people lived without the internet on their phones, right? But now that it's on our phones, like, you wouldn't even want, hey, I'm gonna sell you this phone, but it has no internet in it. You wouldn't want it, right? It doesn't make sense. Because now that we have the internet on our phones, we can do anything. We really can. We can, we can buy a car, not just Uber. I mean, we can fact check a friend that says, you know, it's 32 books in the Bible. No, Ocho Cinco, it's 66. We can, <laughs> dumb thing I saw in mine. <laughs> but we can do so much on our phones. We can get directions to places. Remember before we had to map quest everything? You had to print them out before you were going somewhere? Before, if you wanted to know something, you had to ask Jeeves. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? Does anybody remember Ask Jeeves? You had to ask Jeeves. Now you can just Alexa. I mean, you can do all these things now because the internet is on our phones. We have these, it's, it's easy. It makes life so convenient. I can't imagine life without the internet on the phone, but people lived and they existed with that, with it. You know that, right? And it wasn't the dark ages. For me, the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me, the air fryer. (laughs) Y'all, the air fryer, it changed my life. I'm not gonna hold you, the air fryer flowers, it changed my life. Dinner is now a cinch, everybody. It's so easy. I mean, what not? By the way, I did grow up watching QVC and the Home Shopping Network, so maybe it's part of my dysfunction. However, the air fryer, this is what everybody needs. If you don't have it, let me tell you about it. You can cook so many things on the air fryer. Chicken nuggets, potatoes, bacon. I like bacon. Lots of bacon, onion rings, cookies. You know you can bake a cake on the air fryer? Have you tried it yet? You can bake a cake on an air fryer. You can make salmon, all the side dishes. You can do so much with the air fryer, everybody. And the most economical thing, listen closely now, this is serious. (laughs) Yesterday's meal that you had when you went out, you can reheat it. You can reheat it. You spent $50 on that thing, but now you can reheat it, everybody, in the air fryer. The fries, it brings the fries back to life, everybody. It's resurrecting the air fryer, everybody. Life transformative. Now, a notable, a notable thing also would probably be the um, rice cooker. The rice cooker was huge for me. It really, my husband's Caribbean, everybody. And so with every meal, you have to have rice with it. And earlier on our marriage, I actually struggled a bit. I did. Because making it on the pot, I mean, it takes a lot. Like you turn away and all of a sudden it's like burnt on the bottom. It's like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I, it was so good. She's like, are you making risotto? No, it's not risotto. Jeez. But the thing is, growing up, I didn't have an air fryer. 
And growing up, I definitely didn't have a rice cooker. I'm African, like you don't, it's an abomination. And you must stand yeso. Why? But these things, I didn't know I needed them until I had them. Now that I have an air fryer, man, you can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. You know, if I was on a deserted island and they said bring only three things, I'm bringing my eyeliner, because that's important. I'm bringing my Bible, everybody. You should too. And I'm bringing my air fryer. Now I'm hoping that the island has electricity, but that's beside it. game changer for me and I didn't even know was I even living without it it's a need now is it possible that there's some needs that we have there's some wants that we have yet because we haven't received it because we haven't seen it we don't even realize that we're missing it I wonder what needs that we have that because you haven't received it yet or maybe you feel like it, you don't qualify for it. It's too expensive. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how you rationalize it, but is it possible that you have this need? That you have something that God wired you for, but because you haven't received it yet, you just, you don't know. You're not quite living. It's interesting because um, I think a lot of us, we overcompensate, and a lot of us, we've trained ourselves to not want some things. One of the most frustrating things my husband asks is like, what do you need? I don't know what I need. When I'm overwhelmed, when I have a lot of stuff going on, I don't know what I need. I'm fine. No, I, I, I want to help you. I don't know how you can help me. I'm like, leave, like, I don't know. And a lot of us, we don't even know what we need. But God made us with needs, y'all. God made us with needs. And for so many women, whether it was childhood origin, whether it was some type of trauma or something has happened, but we, we've just kind of grown up overcompensating a little bit. He's saying we don't need certain things. No, there are certain things that God put inside of us that we desperately need to thrive. So today's message, this is directed towards what women need, what we need, because we need some things. Some of you say, I can be bad all by myself. No, you can't. No, you can't. We'll talk about what men need, because y'all need some things too. And like I said, the message is going to be short next week. It's going to be real short. Come on in, and you're going to get <laughs> But some of us were going through life saying that we don't need some things, and it's not true. God placed them inside of us. We are actually three parts to us. We have our spirit, we have our soul, and we have our flesh. Our spirit, this is the part of us that lives on, yeah? This is the part, this is the part that God, he, he provides divinely for us. He, he provides divinely for us. And then we have our flesh. This is our body. And this is the part, the, body, the Bible talks about how our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We got to take care of our body. That's our responsibility. We got to eat well. Someone say Amen. We got to eat well. We got to sleep, everybody. And particularly for you women, yes, me included, we got to take better care of ourselves. Sometimes we're so concerned about so many things. You go to the mall, and instead of getting something for you, like you go to Target, it's all about the kids. What can I get for them? No. 
Take care of you. Self-care is not just some hashtag thing that's popular now, but this is for you. Take care of you, it's necessary. Take care of your body, and then we have our soul. Our soul, that's our mind, that's our will, and that's our emotions. I strongly believe that this is in partnership with our spouses. This is not just something that we can do ourselves, this is in partnership with our spouses. Our mind, our will, our emotions. Like, I need to do the work, I need to know, like, God has made me fearfully and wonderfully made. But when my husband tells me, baby girl, you cute. When he said that he likes my smile, when he gives me a compliment, like it does something inside of me. It reminds me that God's word is true. There's some things that we can't just do by ourselves, our soul specifically. This is in partnership with our spouses. So if you're married, that's good. And if you're not married, this is, these are some of the things that you start looking for in a spouse. It's so interesting because God could have just made man, but instead he made mankind. In Genesis 2 verse 18, it says, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Not that it's bad. He said that it's not good. Not that it's bad. He said it's not good. That word, the Hebrew word for good is tov. It means pleasant. It means agreeable, the word that he used to describe everything that he made. And he looks at man, and he says, it's not good. But here's the thing, Adam had God, didn't he? And God is perfect. Adam had God. Yet God looks at Adam and says, it's not good that you're alone. This tells me that we're made for community. We're wired that way. We're not wired to do life by ourselves. There is something that God placed in Eve that Adam needed. And there is something that God played in Adam that Eve needed. God, he supplies all of our needs. Good and perfect gifts, it comes straight from God. And sometimes for me, I'm like, let it come right now. Like in a moment of worship, I just want it divine. I just want it here. Oftentimes, however, he uses people to give these things to us. And oftentimes he uses our spouse, hello, to give them to us. Husbands, you have something that your wife needs. You have something that your wife needs. So if you want me to be um, abrasive, if you want me to be like have a lot of anxiety, if you want me crazy, if you want me to be a lot, like oh my gosh, like this girl, she's If you want me to be that type of chick, like all this other type of stuff, don't give me, don't give me affection. Don't give me leadership. Don't give me security. And then that is on and popping. Like I'll be that type of person. Like my earrings real quick. Like I can be that type of person. But if you want me to be secure, if you want me to be full of joy, if you want me to be that good helpmate, if you want me to thrive, if you want me to take care of business, business. (laughs) Then give me those things. So this is what we're gonna talk today, what women want, what women need. 
A lot of it is a partnership with our spouses. And I understand that there are lots of single people in the room. These are some of the things that you need to be looking for in your spouse. This is gonna give you some things like, huh? Okay, I see that. This is good husband potential. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. (laughs) Now, especially for you men who can't remember anything. I forgot what we said. Mm. The first thing is we need the soft life. Did you hear me? Let me say it for the ones in the back. We need the soft life. We need the soft life. Notice I said need, not want. I think this is touching somebody right there. We need, not want, and a soft life is not just talking about being a passenger princess. It's not just talking about financial provisions and pampering. It's not talking all about that. Someone is feeling this message, praise God. Praise the Lord, the living God, he's alive. With the soft life, it's security. It's that I'm covered, it's that I'm being considered, it's that I'm cared for, we need that. We don't want it, we need it. I love Miles, Dr. Miles Monroe, he says this, he said, you know, a car, it doesn't want gasoline. It needs gasoline. I'm not talking about wants here. I'm talking about needs that a woman needs, that they have. As a wife, I wanna be calm. I wanna be full of joy. I wanna be full of peace, and I wanna give you peace. Like, I love you, I wanna, I'm, I'm here for you. But when you don't provide security for me, if I'm talking to you, I'm giving you a piece of my mind. It's not Bible, it's just Zod. But I believe Adam, he came first to make sure things were on lock. So that when Eve was coming, she knew it was okay. So she was walking, she was like, ooh, what's that? He was like, a lion, don't touch it. Like, ah, okay. I'm not sure about the whole serpent thing, but it's okay. In the opening text, um, we have Jacob, he's coming into town. He's speaking with the shepherds, and he asks, isn't it time for you to water the sheep? And they're like, no, we can't water the sheep because, again, we have to wait for everybody to come. It takes, a lo- it takes a lot of us. It takes a group of us, maybe 15 or so shepherds, for us to roll around and move this uh, stone that's covering the well. But Jacob, he sees Rachel. Rachel's coming from afar. And he was like, dang. I'm not sure what it is about Rachel. The Bible actually said that she's had a lovely figure. I'm not sure if Rachel had a bust down middle part. I'm not sure what it was about Rachel, but he sees her and he was like, dang. And he goes, and I'm not sure if he thought he was Popeyes. I'm not sure if he thought it was Samson. I'm not sure what happened, but he rolled the stone away that usually took a group of shepherds, which tells me Again, if a man wants something, he will move heaven and he will move earth to get that thing. Pursuit. 
is the first level of just security. I feel secure when you're pursuing me. The Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 24, it says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Genesis, this is early on. This is talking about just how God intended it, how he wants it. That a man should leave his mother and father and should cleave. That word cleave in the Hebrew, it speaks to clinging to something, to holding tight to something. It actually speaks to pursuing something closely. When you pursue me closely, I feel secure. I feel good. You know, so earlier on in a relationship, it's so easy for us to pursue, right? You're so excited. You're so thrilled. So you do all the things in the beginning. Like my husband, I mean, I live like in Narnia. And this man would drive from, he lived in Samaria too, so... He would drive from Samaria to Narnia just to see me for a few short hours. I remember one time, I, I was a nurse before, and um, I was working, I think it was a double shift, a 16-hour shift, so I'd get off at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'd come down to my car, and i see that there's this massive bouquet of flowers on my windshield. What? He drove from Samaria. And there were hundreds of other cars he found locate. I didn't tell him where I parked my car. He drove around until he found my car to put a bouquet of flowers on there so that after a long shift, I'm tired, I hate the world, that I come down (laughs) and I see it. What? He pursued me because he wanted me because I'm like that. If a man wants something, if a man values something, values something, he will pursue it. Husbands, if you value your wife, you will pursue her. It's not a one-time thing. And we don't just want it, we need it. Single ladies, he needs to pursue you. He needs to show some type of effort. Now you can't stop like, "Uh, I don't know. like, don't, don't be crazy. <laughs> but he needs to put some type of work in it yeah. because there is high value to you, amen? amen? But what happens is, after five years of marriage, what happens is, after 10 years of marriage, it's all like, we're married, we're good. No, I need the soft life. I need you to remind me that I am a value to you. I need you to remind me that I am a priority to you. We need that in our lives. Security also looks like you considering me and my needs. When my husband, he takes out the trash, y'all, without me asking him, what? Amazing. Like, I don't have to tell you, because I told you last week and you forgot, but I don't have to tell you. And now he doesn't empty out all the trash bins and there's still lots of diapers in the diaper bale, but we got to start somewhere. A lot of us women, we're concerned about so much, everything. We're concerned about our sister. We're concerned about our husbands. We're concerned about their jobs. We're concerned about the kids. We're concerned about all these other things. And when your husband, when your spouse, when they remember you and they're concerned about you, you feel secure. You feel loved. You feel good. We need that. 
Now, Kanye West. <laughs> he said something that has forever changed the brain composition of some of you men. Forever. I'm not saying that she's a gold digger. But she ain't looking for no broke. She's not. No lies were told. She's not looking for a broke one. She's not. But it doesn't make her bad. It doesn't make her wrong. Because I want the soft life, that means that I'm a gold digger? Is that what that means? Is that what you're telling me? No, this is security for me. This is an inherent need that God placed inside of me. And the soft life, being provided for, doesn't mean having the latest Gucci, Louis, or Hermes, or anything like that. No, it does not mean that. (laughs) But this means that I'm provided for. This means that if I get sick or anything like that, that you have a job that can provide for our needs. This means that you're leading our family like well financially. That if you tell me that we're, uh, we're saving up for something, like something big, that you don't come home with a $2,000 grill talking about it was on sale. I don't care if it's Wi-Fi. I don't care if it's a smoker, grill, I don't, I don't care. A, a crater, a, a, a green egg, I don't care what it is. Because what you're telling me is that, what you're telling me is that this thing was more important than me, than our dreams. What, by this thing come, no, listen, because some people, stuff happens all the time. It raises my threat level up. And I don't feel secure when these random things happen and you didn't tell me about it. And I need to feel secure. It's a... It's an innate need. It's an innate desire. So the first thing is that we need a soft life. Second thing is that we need a soft touch. We need a soft touch. Now, um, Flowers, I thought I married a pastor. Okay? Okay? I thought I married a pastor. I thought I married a man of the cloth. I thought a man, I thought I married a man that had wisdom like, I don't know, Solomon, a heart like David. I thought I married a man that could hear from God. Like, I thought I married a man, he knows the things, the heavenly things. He knows what God is saying. He can divide. Like, just, I just thought I married a pastor, right? And that he would know exactly what I was thinking. And that he would know exactly what I needed without me telling him, because he's that in tune with the Holy Spirit. I thought I didn't have to tell him, right? So it's so funny because I laugh now, and it's like, girl, what is wrong with you? No, earlier in our marriage, I just didn't, I just thought he should know what I need. I thought he should know, like he should know, like you're a man of God. That's what I thought at least. And I laughed because even when I would try to explain what I needed, I didn't quite speak his language. Because men, they do have a language. And sometimes it's like I'm speaking French and he's speaking Chinese and it's just not working. We're not communicating. 
It really, it, it bees like that sometimes. So after 10 years of marriage and all that, I think I kind of, I, I cracked the code. So listen up, men. If you want, how do I say this? If you want intimacy, great premium <laughs> intimacy, then give us affection. Give us affection. I paid her to do that. (laughs) Thanks, girl. Give your wife affection. Affection communicates care and it communicates attention. You cannot have affection without time. Whether you like PDA or you don't like PDA, like we want time with the people that we love. Time communicates that I'm a priority. Undistracted time tells me that I'm important. I know for you, it can take, you can tell a story in two minutes, and for me, it takes like 20 minutes. I understand that, but when you're listening closely, when we're having great dialogue, like it just makes me feel loved. It makes me feel, it makes me feel loved. I need that. I want that in my life. And not just that, but non-sexual affection is major for a lot of women, praise God. It's not a curse word, non-sexual. Non-sexual affection is important for a lot of us. What is non-sexual affection? It's when you're just being affectionate and it doesn't lead to, okay? Because for some of you men, tell the truth, same the devil, everybody. You only touch your wife when start kissing on the neck and stuff. Like you have your cue and it only happens when it's it's leading to something. And for ladies of him, if he only wants sex, be mindful. That's not what it is. Like, there should be non-sexual affection. He can communicate affection to you without it leading somewhere. Does that make sense? But for you, like, men, husbands, ask your wife what that looks like, because every woman is different. Ask, is it holding your hand? Like, one time my husband, he grabbed my hand, and we were just driving. I just like, what is going on? And Sade was playing in the back. I'm like, what is going on? A brother, come on now. He just all smooth with it. I said, oh, Stephen Chandler. <laughs> and he just touched my hand, y'all. You would have thought this man did a whole bunch of stuff. He just touched my hand. Touch your lady's hand. Pro tip, one day when she's like doing the dishes or doing something, just come up from behind her, just give her a hug. I love you, girl. And walk away. This girl, she gonna crumble. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and you don't want anything? Non-sexual affection, it makes us feel love. We don't just want it, we need it. We need it in our lives. You know what else is affectionate? Your words. 
your words, not just compliments, though that matters, but speaking words of life, it matters for us. It matters so much. Ephesians 5, 26, talking about the man, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. What? Your words, it will wash away all the things that we think, the negative things. Some of us ladies, we can be so hard on ourselves. If we were to give you an idea of all the things that we think about, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. And your words, it can wash that away. It can wash the guilt away. It can wash the shame away. It can wash all of that away just by your words. You have that ability. You have that capability. Y'all, my husband has done such a great job in speaking life over me. This man, I don't, I'm not going to cry. UBC, this man, he has spoken so much life over me. He has called some things out from me, reminding me of the good plans that God has, reminding me of the gifts that God has placed inside of me. What? And the kicker is I was confident before him. But because of him, partnering with what was already happening in my life, this man, I see myself sometimes, I'm like, wow, was I? And it's not just my work, it's what he has done. I have become just bolder, more free because of his words over me. Husbands, your wife, your wives, they need your words. They need your words. I was talking to a friend, she's just gorgeous. I mean, I tell her all the time, I'm like, girl, you're cute. Like, you cute, cute. And uh, she was just funny. She was like, you know my husband doesn't tell me that? He said, you should know. He said, I already hear it all the time, so he doesn't need to tell me that. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, he said that everyone tells me that I'm cute, so he doesn't need to tell me. And a lot of men in this room, you think that. I don't need to tell my wife that she's a great leader. Like, because she, I mean, she's leading at work already. She knows she's a boss. Like, she knows she's a boss chick. Like, she knows. I don't need to tell her that she's cute or she's beautiful. I didn't marry no ugly chick. Like, I I don't need to tell her. Like, she already knows. I don't need to tell her that she's a good mom. Like, look at our kids. They're good. I don't need to tell her. She already hears it from so many people, but other people are not you. They're not you. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> we can hear from other people and we may hear from other people, but we need to hear from you the most. Singles, the people that you're, the man that you're interested in, watch his words. What type of words is he using towards you? Be mindful of that. We don't just want it, we need it. God has given us the ability to, to, to create to create like life with our words. He's given us that ability. For women, God has given us the ability to actually create, to birth some things. There's some things that he's placed inside of us. He gave us that ability, not just to birth children, but there are things, ideas, books, businesses that he's placed inside of us. And when a man, he comes with his words and he waters that thing, oh my God. We don't just want it, we need it. The last thing, 
Last thing is we need secure leadership. We need secure leadership. So one, we need the soft life. Yes, praise God. Two, we need a soft touch. And the third thing is that we need secure leadership. Flowers, we need not just leadership. I said secure. Secure leadership. We know we went on vacation a few years ago, um, earlier on in our marriage, actually. And me, I was trying to be a ride or die chick. So I said, you know, let's go jet skiing. Okay. Now, we were in another country. And I'm not sure if you've ever gone jet skiing in another country. Have you ever gone jet skiing in another country? It's the wild, wild west. The man literally said, there are no rules. I'm like, okay, like, is there like a whole class? Like, what's going on? Because we're going on the open sea. I mean, he was like, no. He said, just don't flip it. Come on, just don't flip it. And I'm like, okay. So I, we're fine. We're going out. We started off cool. Everything is fine, y'all. And then my husband, I mean, every wave he went over, like those turns, like he was going zoom, zoom, like just flying out there. I'm not sure if he made an imaginary friend out there because he started chasing something. Like, I'm like, what are you chasing after? And he is like screaming and happy, like he's going for it, like all these fast turns and like my lashes. I'm like, oh my gosh, why'd you wear lashes out here? And I mean, I'm dying. I'm like taking in salt water. And I mean, it's just... It is a hot mess. And I'm like, when is this thing going to run out of gas? I mean, it is just bad. And he finally, finally, I was praying, praying in the spirit. I mean, I was just like, God, end this, please. We finally, finally, finally get on solid ground. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ is real. And he's like, whoa, that was good, right? And I said, Stephen, I was awful. He was like, wait, what? And I said, you know what? Being on the back of that jet ski, it reminds me of our marriage. He said, what? I said, it like, Stephen, there's been so much fast turns. It's been so busy. It's been so quick. And like, you're excited and you're like taking things. And I like that. But for me, you just got to be mindful of what's happening to me and my perspective. Stephen, what you're seeing leading is very different from my seat. And he was like, I thought we we're talking about jet ski. <laughs> like, pay attention. I said, babe, it's been a lot. And y'all, it's been a lot. First got married, the church was just a few people, maybe literally 60 people. When we got married, just a few hundred. Now it's grown to over like 10,000 people. It's, of course, what God is doing. God is so good. He's so kind. But it's also my husband. He's a, he's a risk taker. He has godly counsel and all that stuff, but he's a risk taker. He'll take some things. And for me, at different times, I'm not sure if I'm being too vulnerable here, but it's just been like... We're going here. Okay, we're launching another campus. We're doing this. We're doing that. And I'm like, whoo, buddy. I am a little bit more conservative. I'm not as risk. I'm not a risk taker or anything like that. And he was like, Zai, like, are you saying that you wanted to drive it? I'm like, no, dude, listen. I want you to drive it. You're the leader, and I'm behind you, and I'm glad that you're driving it. Because, Stephen, if I was just watching from the shore, I'm not, be able to, I'm not able to see how beautiful the island is. 
but because you're leading this thing, I'm now in a place that I can see it. So it's good. It's great. I don't want to drive it. I wasn't supposed to drive it. You're the leader, and I like you driving it. I like how big our life is getting. I like all of that stuff, but just saying to be mindful of my perspective of what it feels like from my side. You know, we live in the DMV, and here there are lots of strong women. Strong women say something. I guess that was something. There are lots of incredible, like, boss chicks. Incredible chicks, like having your own business, your own house, like incredible. I love that. Man, it's awesome. Even with these strong women, you know we still want to be led. We still want to be led. And God has given you the ability to lead. So husbands, lead. If you go back to the opening story about Jacob and Rachel, they finally end up getting married and they live with Rachel's father Laban and they, you know, they, he ends up getting like really wealthy and all of that stuff. And then it's time, he's sensing that it's time to leave. So I have a quick conversation. And so now, like, they're leaving. Can you imagine like being told, okay, you're moving. Imagine if your husband says, okay, hey, we're gonna be moving, when? Tonight. Huh? No, literally. See, exactly. Okay, fine. So she starts to pack. I don't know about you, but I hate moving and I hate packing. I hate all this stuff. When do I pack for a trip? The night before or the morning before? Two hours before the plane leaves. <laughs> but you're getting all the stuff that you're going to need, right? You're packing. Can you imagine Rachel? She's getting all the things that she needs. She's looking at this stuff, looking at her life, all that she's known. And then she's getting ready to go where? He, we're not sure. She's not sure. She just knows that they're moving. They're leaving from that. Can you imagine the anxiety? So she starts packing, starts getting all the things and stuff like that. And what does she pack? She packs her, five, her father's idols, her father's gods. Why? Why would you pack an idol? Why would you pack a god that's not God? Because when you're talking about going to the unfamiliar, it's easier to cling to the familiar. It's easy to cling to the things that she knows. And a lot of us females, we have different eyes. We have our degrees. We have our families of origin. We have all these different things that we cling to when we're afraid of where our husbands are taking us to. It's a thing. However, with proper leadership, with secure leadership, then we'll be behind you. We wanna be ride or die chicks. We want a soldier. I was about to sing the song. <laughs> I'm the hottest around, sorry, go ahead. We want a soldier. We, the Bible says in Habakkuk 2.2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Tell us the vision. Give us a vision. Give us a vision for our finances. Give us a vision for the kids. What are you sensing regarding the spiritual matters? What are you, what, what are you thinking about retirement? Talk to us about these things. Write it, make it plain, make it simple so that we can run. We don't wanna stumble behind. We don't wanna nag. 
We don't want to be insecure. We don't want to start to question your judgment or anything like that. We want to run. We're behind you. You're the leader. Lead. God has given you a supernatural ability to lead, and we want that. We want you to lead. We want you. We need you to lead. We need secure leadership. Ladies, as you're looking for someone, like look for someone that has a vision for their lives, that they know where they're going, that they have an idea. You know, earlier on, I used to want to know like everything. Like if we're about to do something, like I need to know all the details. Are there going to be detours? Like, no, he may not be able to provide all of that stuff. Because this thing by faith, it's by faith. This journey of faith is by faith. So he's, he may not know all the details, but he needs to have a vision from God. And for some of you men, you understand the reality of it all. You know that you're leading. You know, you feel it. You feel the mantle. And for some of you, that's why you're hesitating. Perhaps that's why you're not communicating as best as you can. But God has given you that ability. There's actually no fear in God. He actually says this in 2 Timothy, verse 1 and 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. For some of you men, the leadership thing is a sticky subject because there is a paralyzing spirit of fear. And I bind it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That spirit is not from God. That timidity, that hesitation, it is not from God. You have been given this ability to lead in Jesus' name. You may not know all the things that's coming up next, but you know the God who does. For some of you that are struggling in leadership, quick commercial break, please be part of a, a connect group. It's not even if you're struggling, even if you know, if you're sure, it's important to get around other godly men that can say, hey, brother, I'm with you. That's where you're going. I know that's what you're believing for your family. You're not married yet. I know that's what you're thinking about. This, I'm with you. You need that godly, you need that godly community. We weren't meant to do life alone. We weren't meant to do life alone. And leading doesn't mean that we don't have an opinion. Leading also doesn't mean that you have to, like I said, have all the answers. It just means that you're praying about it. It means that we're having conversations about it. And for some of you, us ladies, it's difficult to allow ourselves to be led. That's the true honesty. Because of our childhood homes, because of some trauma, someone led us in a different place. You're in a good relationship now and you are so cautious. He's your husband and it's only entitled because you're not letting that man lead you at all. You are so fearful of going like in the place that you don't want to go, that you are tight fists and you go along certain things, but you're not unified. But where there's unity, that's where God commands the blessing. It's important to be on the same page, to say, hey, I trust that you're a good leader. I trust that you're listening to God and I honor that I'm behind you. Ladies, we need to give that to them. From some of you, I'm of you single woman, you just don't even, when you think about marriage and stuff, you're not even excited about it. You're not even actually pursuing it because you don't think it's possible that a person can lead you. No, I'm going to stick to my career. No, I'm going to, no. No. 
God is such a good and he's such a gracious God that he has a good person for you. And if you're married, if you're engaged, listen to me. You need to step up in that area of leadership. We strongly need it. We don't want to lead. We want to follow you. And we want to give you opinions and thoughts. We want to pray along as to what's next. The reality is that God has made us as women to need these things from our husbands. But because of life, it's just hardened us so much that we're not able to receive things. I pray that you receive it, especially for you married women. I've been praying. Oof, I've been praying. I've been praying, hopefully. Girl, are you preaching? You hope you've been praying. I know that there are some struggling relationships in this room. I know for some of you, you're here with your spouse. For some of you, you're here by yourself. Some of you, it's so bad, you didn't even come to church today because of all the things that's happening. I felt that. And not just that, but God sees that. And I strongly believe with everything inside of me. God is a resurrecting God. It doesn't matter what's dead. It doesn't matter how dead a marriage is. Hear me now. God can resurrect it. And the hearts of stone right there that you might feel right now, God can soften it. The Bible says he can turn it, hearts of stone back into flesh. For some of you that's given up, you said, you know what, I don't even want to try. I've been trying to give my wife the soft life. I've been trying to tell her some sweet nothing, but she can't even hear me. Listen to me. I just believe today today. You may not even feel it. You, I just said it's happening right now. I can sense the Holy Spirit doing surgery right now that he is softening hearts and he's giving us the ability to receive again. Do you hear me? The ability to receive again. You said you don't need anything. I'm good. No, you're not good. God made you with an ability to receive everybody and he's repairing us, repairing our hearts. He's making us whole right now underneath the unction of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to receive what was always yours. God sees the pain. He understands what your needs are, and he wants to give that to you by way of your spouse. Can you receive it? There's been hurt, perhaps, for some people. It's been off for some years. But today, in the mighty name of Jesus, I strongly sense that with every unction inside of me, hear me now, Union Church. God is healing hearts. He's mending marriages in the mighty name of Jesus. And for you men, I said, I'm not, I'm done trying. He's giving you that energy. He's giving you that fresh grace to try again. Some of you gonna walk up to your girl, you gonna give her a hug. I love you, girl. Walk away. I tell you, go brush your teeth because get ready for some things. Ow. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, bow your heads, please. God, we thank you so much <laughs> that you're a God who mends and heals. Thank you for the marriages of our church, Lord. Thank you for how you're making the ones that are good even better. The ones that are in some dead places, God, you're bringing back to life. You can do the impossible for that. We give you the glory. God, I pray for everyone in this room that also wants to get married, God. Hearing messages like this sometimes is hard. I pray that you let them know that as they hope in you, it never disappoints. And I thank you, God, the marriages, good godly marriages are going to be birthed this 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. And for those in this room, God, that don't know you, I'm praying right now for them. Maybe in this room, and honestly, if you were to just be honest for a moment, you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you know him, like you've heard of him. 
Maybe you've been in church, maybe you've been in church all your life, but if you were to just take stock of where you are, you're not fully surrendered to him. He's not the Lord of your life. He's not leading your life. You're still driving things. And today, he wants to change that. Today, he's saying, will you allow me to step into your life? Will you allow me to take away the guilt and the shame and the pressure of life? Will you allow me to love you? Will you allow me? And if that's you, this question is simple. Will you allow him? Will you acknowledge him as the Lord and Savior of your life? Because if you will, in a moment, everything can change. In one moment, hear me, everything can change. It doesn't matter what you came in here with. In one moment, if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart, in that moment, everything can change. And if that's you, that you just want a relationship with God, or you feel like you've fallen apart, I don't know, but you just want a fresh start with God, it'll be my honor, my absolute privilege to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand up and come up front. But right where you are with all heads bowed and eyes closed, can you just repeat this prayer? And church, out of encouragement, can we all just repeat this prayer? So Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I ask that you step into my life and God, lead me for what's next. God, I'm excited. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap for those who just, come on, some people, some people for the very first time just surrendered their lives to God.